the Girl Crush Podcast. Some theme music. She has so many funny lines right up Reese's alley. I love her even more. It's underrated. I had no idea. Fell in love with her performances in the 90s. Supreme. Clearly, she has guts. Whiskey teacups, also known as Sass. Full two cups of whiskey. It's also known as like a classic. Forgot how much I love this movie. I completely agree. This is exactly what we had in mind. So on point. So on point. Hello and welcome to the Girl Crush Podcast. I'm Anne. And I'm Allie. We love Reese Witherspoon, so this season we're watching all of her movies and ranking them. If you want to give us your own thoughts, be sure to connect with us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. And as always, be sure to rate and review. On today's episode, we'll be talking about Freeway. This was released in 1996 and Reese Witherspoon plays a character named Vanessa. Right now, this movie is available for free on Amazon Prime. And a brief summary, in a modern dark twist on Little Red Riding Hood, Vanessa is trying to get to her grandmother's house but runs into a big bad wolf so now's the time to pause and go watch it number one this is a good movie number two it's free on amazon prime so i think yes you should pause and go watch totally agree i 100 percent think you should watch this one if you haven't yeah so good Today's episode is also brought to you by Wander and Ivy, a certified woman-owned business that sells premium single-serve organic wines. Each beautiful reusable glass bottle is a perfect 6.3-ounce pour. We love this brand and are so excited to be partnering with them. Yes, I especially love the Red Wine Blend. They just released their new, I think it's their 2020 version of it. So I can't wait to order that and try that one. So good. You can check them out at wanderandivy.com or on Instagram at wanderandivy. Use code GIRLCRUSH for 15% off. Okay, before we get into the plot, just want to give a trigger warning for this movie. It does deal with topics of sexual abuse, kidnapping. So if that's triggering to you in any way, you may want to skip to the end of the episode or just skip this movie. Okay, getting into the plot of Freeway. We rated this a 7.75 out of 10. So we already alluded to this. It's a good movie. Mm -hmm. We open on a teacher in a classroom trying to teach a class of teenagers how to read, including Reese playing Vanessa. We also see Vanessa's mom, Ramona, trying to solicit on the street, much to Vanessa's dismay. Her family is, you know, clearly struggling. Her mom gets arrested for prostitution. They find drug paraphernalia on her mom. Vanessa and her stepdad, Larry, meanwhile, they're watching TV. They don't get along. There's a new story about two teenage sex workers who were killed by what they're deeming the I-5 killer. So Larry turns it off, then awfully tries to touch Vanessa, who fights him, and she threatens him, fights him off. It's horrible to watch. It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. And the cops walk in with Larry on top of Vanessa. They ask if he's done anything sexual to her, but we don't hear the answer. It's really sad. (sighs) Yeah, it really is. Mm Mm-hmm. So they arrest Larry and Ramona for, I think, the drug paraphernalia is what they could get them on then, and social services arrives. Vanessa and the social worker, Mrs. Sheets, seem to know each other well. Her mom's been arrested before. Mrs. Sheets has come out to their house before. And Vanessa is asking if she can go to her biological father's mom's house instead of foster care. But the issue is her grandmother, her dad's mom, doesn't even know she exists. Vanessa tricks Mrs. Sheets, handcuffing her to the bed, but she's like still nice about it. She's like, if you yell really loud, the neighbors will come get you. I left the keys on the top of the TV. Like she just wants a head start to try and like run away. So she's not sent back to foster care. Right. So she drives off in search of her boyfriend, Chopper, and she asks him to come with her to search for her grandmother, but he can't because he has to be in court next week. And he gives her a gun for protection. 
they bid their farewells. Just after she drives off, Chopper is shot by a car full of guys and very dramatically dies. It is very dramatic. I mean, obviously, it's this very serious moment. Right. And just kind of drives home that, you know, Vanessa's not in a great situation. Right. She's had a rough life. She lives right. in a rough area, etc. Right. But there might be a slow-mo moment here. I can't remember. Yeah. It's a little bit, like, overacted, like, oh, you know, yeah. clutch the chest and, like, slow fall to the <laughs> to the ground. Yeah. And also, like, I'm, I'm just going to say this. I don't think Chopper needed to die. Like, it, it doesn't add anything to the story. It's just drama for drama, you know? Yeah, you're so right. It just makes us uh, maybe feel for her. <laughs> but you're right. right. It's yeah. overly yeah. dramatic. <laughs> so Vanessa's on her quest to find her grandmother. She's driving. Her car breaks down. And a man, played by Keeper Sutherland, stops and offers her a ride. Mm. And she's like, really, mister? Thanks. Is this like kind of cute Southern accent. Yeah. I don't yeah. actually know where this takes place. Is it LA? I don't think so. I think it's somewhere in the South. Where's well, I-5? Well, wait, where's I-5? Okay. You're correct. It is somewhere in... I-5 goes through Washington, Oregon, and California. So it's somewhere on the West Coast. She kind of has a Southern accent, though. So not you know, sure how that adds up. <laughs> baby Reese in the 90s, she can do what she wants. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Also, it's kind of fun because from season two with Sandra Bullock, we reviewed The Vanishing, which also has Kiefer Sutherland in it in kind of a roadside kidnapping situation. And in The Vanishing, he's the boyfriend of a disappeared woman. But this time, you suspect he's doing the disappearing. <laughs> True. And when she gets in his car, you're like, no, what are you doing? Right? It's the never 90s. You should know better. Yes. Like, oh, come on. Never, never do it. Never do it. Oh, so stressful. So this guy calls himself Bob, says he's a counselor, tries to get her to open up asking about her family, and she, poor girl, just opens up so easily to him, clearly needing someone to talk to. Mm -hmm. And over dinner, she tells him a lot about her bad experiences in foster care. He asks her to go for a walk before they get back in the car. It's dark, by the way. Another red flag. Right. And she continues to just tell stories about her life, which are really sad. And it doesn't really seem like she's, like, looking for sympathy. She's just kind of like, this is kind of how it is. Like, she's just right. telling it how it is. Right. And he straight up asks her if her stepdad molested her. And she doesn't give a straight answer, but she implies yes. Mm -hmm. And he gets very close to her and says that she needs to deal with it in a very creepy way. And he says he can help her, but she'll have to let him in. Ugh. Ugh. It makes me feel gross. Yes, right? <laughs> You're this back. Ugh. So back in the car, Vanessa starts sobbing with the realization of the trauma that she's been through. Like, her talking about this is bringing it all up. And she starts telling him how the abuse from her stepfather began when she was 11. Bob questions her, like, very bluntly and reassures her that she's the victim. And he asks if she has his absolute trust, and she says yes. The music, by the way, implies she should not be saying yes. She should not she should be, be giving Bob her absolute trust. No, she should be getting out of that car. Yep. So he says he wants to use a new psychological questioning technique he thinks will help her. She agrees despite his warning that it could be uncomfortable. He asks her a couple questions about the abuse and then asks very pointedly, essentially, if she liked it when her stepfather abused her. Oh. In a pretty graphic way. Yes. Vanessa freaks out, rightfully so, demands that he pulls over. But when she tries to get out, she realizes he has removed the door handle. It's gone. It's gone. There's no, she can't get out. She can't get out. He becomes, it's like a flip switches. He becomes yes. super maniacal, mean, punches her, yells at her to behave like she's fighting him off. He cuts off her ponytail, by the way. Why is that to me the creepiest part of the scene? Oh, yeah. Let's just like 
Why? It's so Why? It's such a weird thing to do. It's such a weird thing to do. I mean, like the uh, whole thing's terrible, but yeah, cutting off awful. her ponytail. Uh, uh. <laughs> and she realizes like the danger she's in. She's fighting him off at this point, And she straight up asks him if he's the guy on the news killing all the girls on the freeway. Mm-hmm. And he basically admits it and just says, basically, he's like tired of people he deems to be low lives. Yeah. He, he's taking it That's upon like, himself to right. yeah, cleanse. Yeah. Like he has some holier than thou complex or something. Right. So throughout this fight, Vanessa is like so sassy with him and tries to reason with him, you know, trying to talk him down, calm him down. Mm -hmm. He hits her a few times and demands that she undresses. And she finally is like, okay, but it's going to take me a minute with these big boots that I have on. So she's like kind of buying herself time. She then punches him, goes to the back seat, gets her gun. If you remember, Chopper had given her a gun and totally takes control. And he, he listens now. She's got, like, a gun pointed at him. And she lectures him, which is hilarious. I love that she, like, chooses to lecture him in this moment. Right. And then pistol whips him multiple times. <laughs> like, go, Vanessa. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> also, I'm just, like, open-mouthed smiling. She has no fear. She is just, like, taking control of this situation. Yes. Like, this girl has oh. been through so much in life, and she's like, not today. Yeah. She's like, I have had enough. No. (laughs) Right? She is, like, not into it. So Bob starts asking her, like, okay, well, what are you going to do now? And she says she's going to turn him in. And he starts telling her how a guy like him will never go to prison. People are going to believe him over her, et cetera. She'll be put Mm. back into foster care. Like, he's trying to use her fears against her here. He offers to give her money in exchange for letting him go. She kind of ignores all this. She directs him to drive off the highway to a remote dirt road. She's still, like, pointing the gun at him, so she's still in control. Mm -hmm. And she's, like, still putting him down, you know, insulting him, telling him he's crooked and nasty. And interestingly, she asks him (laughs) if he accepts Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. She's, like, giving him one chance for redemption here. (laughs) And then she shoots him in the neck. (laughs) It's terrible, but it's funny. It's funny. It's like a moment of levity. And after a couple seconds, he coughs. He's still alive. So then he stumbles out of the car, and she shoots at him again until he's dead. She then throws up, prays to God, hoping he doesn't hate her more than he already did, which is another <laughs> like little funny moment, and then searches Bob's body for money. Her prayer after is just hyster- <laughs> it's like it's hysterical. Yeah. She's just like in the moment. <laughs> right, right. She's just like, Lord Jesus, help me. <laughs> And I feel like it just gives you some insight into her character, you know? It's like... Right? She's like, I've I've done what I've had to do, and I'm, yeah, I'm like, so sorry. <laughs> right. <laughs> so she wanders into a truck stop, literally, by the way, covered in blood. She so casually. In, like, pretty casually, doesn't really realize that people are like, what, what's going on here? Right. Plot twist, though. Bob is alive. He made it to a hospital somehow. How? How? Like, he was shot in the neck, and then she shot him multiple times. Like, And what? they were, like, in the middle of nowhere, kind of. Oh, right, right. You're like, how did he even get there? We don't know. As Vanessa exits this truck stop, the cops pick her up. At the hospital, Bob identifies a picture of Vanessa as the one who shot him. Bob has a wife, another plot twist, by the way, which is shocking. It totally is. Played by Brooke Shields. And she's there demanding that someone be held responsible and lamenting her husband's victimhood. Like, she clearly does not realize who her husband is. Right. So the police question Vanessa. She proudly tells them that she killed the interstate killer. And they want her to, like, change her story. They're, like, Mm -hmm. trying to understand what happened and, like, craft her story. And she has, like, such a deep distrust of cops and refuses to lie. 
So she tells them the truth, but they give her a hard time. She says she didn't turn him in because she's been in the system and they would never believe someone with a record. She was arrested like seven times for shoplifting. So she was afraid that the police weren't going to believe her if she just turned him in. Right. And he straight up told her that in the car. Right. Right. Exactly. And they're like, never believe you over me. Right. Right. So she gets her phone call, tries to call Chopper, but his mom answers. And of course, then she learns that he died. Awful. Cut to court where Bob is wheeled in. He's, like, suffering from his injuries. He looks awful. And Vanessa goes off on him, like, calling him ugly, insulting him, laughing at him. Like, how'd that tiny little gun make that big of a mess? (laughs) Oh, my God, Vanessa. (laughs) And they're deciding in court whether to try her as an adult. Okay, how do they not look into him being the I-5 killer, like, literally at all? This guy had removed the passenger door handle and cut off her hair. And they're like, well, you know, she's clearly the manipulator here. And I'm like, are you for real? Right. I'm like, what? I don't understand. Also, the killings then would have stopped on the freeway. Like, right. I I really don't understand that part. That that's that's a miss. Yeah, huge miss. Also, him just being in the hospital in the first place. How did that happen? Yeah. So Vanessa is taken to a female juvie center, and an almost unrecognizable Brittany Murphy is also in this movie. Right. And she's on the bunk across from her. And Vanessa almost immediately gets into a brawl with another girl who is, like, really intimidating. And Vanessa, like, crushes her in this brawl and is put into solitary confinement. So we have a montage of her, like, spending some time here in jail. She's, like, trying to DIY her own shiv while she's in solitary. She has nightmares. She gets out of solitary, talks with Rhonda, shows her the shiv, etc. And she has decided she's going to escape. Mm-hmm. The cops are actually following up on Vanessa, talking to her friends, etc. And they learn that all of her friends hold her in very high esteem. And so the cops are realizing, like, maybe she's not so crazy after all. Like, maybe she's not a bad person. Maybe she really did just have, like, a rough upbringing. So something doesn't sit well with a cop. And they go back to the crime scene and find the cutoff ponytail. And I'm like, I'm like what? <laughs> it's literally just laying there. First of all, how long has it been? Well, we don't know, but we've gotten a montage. So, like, some time has passed. Right. Also, how did you guys not see that when you were first at the scene? Like, right. Like, I assume you went to the crime scene where he was shot what we thought dead. Right. <laughs> They're like, oh, there does happen to be a cut off ponytail here in the parking lot. Oh, missed that on the first pass. Interesting. She wasn't Looked like lying. some tumbleweed. Right. <laughs> So, meanwhile, Vanessa and three other inmates (laughs) decide to work together to escape from jail. They attack a guard and then a cop and get his car keys to escape. The girl who Vanessa had gotten into a brawl with earlier ends up helping her the most. And her boyfriend, once they get out, gives Vanessa a stolen car. They give her some money and a gun. Like, they successfully break out. Right. Meanwhile, the cops show up at Bob's house with a search warrant, and they find a shed full of child porn, chains, etc., like just leading even more for everybody to believe that he actually is, you know, some sick and twisted person who's doing all these things. They also speak of remains that may be human or animals that they found. Bob's wife is there. She's obviously shocked, distraught. She apparently had no idea. And very sadly, she kills herself. As Bob pulls up to the house, this is all happening. He sees all the cops, turns around, and drives away. We then see Vanessa is soliciting, but when the John takes his pants down, she points the gun at him, demands his money, like shoots his direction. And so she's like using being like a sex worker as a cover so she can rob people. And she's like a little too comfortable with the gun at this point. Right, right. And you're like, "Ah, let's, let's tone it down a notch. 
she only finds five bucks on this guy. So she's just like a hurling insults at him, annoyed that she's gone through all this for five bucks. Right. She's like, what do you think five bucks was going to get you? Are you serious? Right. right. <laughs> so she drives the car to where she thinks her grandma is and just starts like yelling grandma, which seems idiotic because her grandma doesn't even know she exists. But right. I, mean, I digress. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bob's at a diner freaking out a waitress with his creepo face and like his scary robot voice because he's now talking out of a one of those things where it like lets air through your throat. Is that right? Yeah. Talking out of a tracheotomy. Okay. Yeah. Because you can't, when he was shot, like he can't breathe normally. Right. Okay. We see that he has the photo from Vanessa's wallet of her grandmother with her address on the back. So he has somehow gotten this information and now we're like, oh no, he's going after her. Vanessa finally gets to her grandma's house and Bob is there (laughs) dressed as her grandma on her bed like Little Red Riding Hood. (laughs) So creepy. This movie has taken a turn. So creepy. Because up until now, like, I felt like the Little Red Riding Hood piece was, like, kind of loose. Oh, yeah. You, we didn't know, I don't think, at this point that no. that was the parallel they were drawing. <laughs> but but now that Bob is in Grandma's bed, you're like, oh, okay. Uh, I see. <laughs> I see. This is what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm here. <laughs> and I think he's killed her grandma, by the way. Yeah, it's really sad. We learned he's killed her grandma in a pretty gruesome way. Also shoots at a neighbor who happens to stop by. Total chaos ensues. And now it has kind of like turned from this like thriller into being a little bit funny. Like there's it's a just brawl. Like, like you're, you're kind of like, I can't believe this is happening. Like he's dressed as her grandma. And it's like, it just takes a different turn. It's just like so over the top. Right, right. All this happening where you're like, they're no inhibitions. They're, yes. they're just doing it. You know, we're going for it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So they get into this, like, brawl. The cops arrive just as Vanessa is finally killing Bob for real this time. Yeah. The cops see what happened. They understand now. They are, like, on Vanessa's side. And they walk back out to Vanessa, who asks if they have a cigarette. They all laugh together, and that's the end of the movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's so ridiculous. It sounds so weird when we're, like, reading it back. But it's actually, like, a really engaging and enjoyable watch. (laughs) Yeah, it is a thriller, but there is a lot of dark comedy in it. Yes. And it's, like, just off-color enough with some humor that you you like it in a moment where you're like, this is so messed up. (laughs) Yeah, where you're like, okay, yeah, that's... It's, like, so over the top that it makes it okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. So the only thing I didn't really love about it was, like, the huge plot hole of why they didn't investigate her story further in the first place and, like, Mm -hmm. how they didn't believe that he was the I-5 killer. Right. But I think, again, like, the other stuff in the movie, like, it being so – just such a weird way to portray the story, I think, like, made up for that. Mm -hmm. Has a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's impressive. Yeah. I do like that ultimately was kind of like a more modern dark play on Little Red Riding Hood. Roger Ebert gave it three and a half stars and said, if Little Red Riding Hood were alive today, she would find that the wolves are bigger and better and she'd need to be a lot more resourceful to stay alive. That is the lesson, if it has a lesson, of Freeway, a dark comic excursion into deranged pathology. The movie retells the grim fairy tale in a world of poor white trash, sexual abuse, drug addiction, and the I-5 killer who prowls the freeway in search of victims. It seems aimed at people who loved Pulp Fiction and have strong stomachs. Like it or hate it or both, you have to admire its skill and the -the over-the-top virtuosity of Reese Witherspoon and Kiefer Sutherland as the girl and the wolf. Reese Witherspoon is as focused and tightly wound here as a young Jodie Foster. She plays every scene as if it's absolutely real. She's oh, like, high, high praise. praise. Yeah. I love that. 
I could see this movie kind of like having a cult following. Yeah. Because it's like just weird enough. You know what I mean? It's just weird enough. Yes. Yeah. Also, the music in this movie was like really great. It was composed Mm -hmm. by Danny Elfman, who was composed for movies like Beetlejuice, Corpse Bride, Nightmare Before Christmas, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. Fun fact, Kale has met him virtually and did a session with him at the studio that he works at, which is so cool. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so cool. Awesome. That's amazing. I mean, yeah, this is just, it's such a weird movie, but it's very entertaining. Also, fun fact, there is a such thing as an I-5 killer. Oh, really? Yeah. So I like just found this out right before we were recording. He was only convicted in one murder, but he's been linked to a total of 18 and is suspected to having killed up to 44 people. (gasps) Yeah. His name is Randall Woodfield. And it was like in the late 70s, early 80s. I don't think there's many parallels from what I briefly, very briefly on Wikipedia. I don't think this movie is necessarily based. I don't think they like made Kiefer Sutherland's character necessarily based off of him. I think it just has the same nickname of I-5 Killer. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Crazy. That is crazy. Anything else you didn't like about it? Um, not really. There are some characters that are a little bit like tropey, but I think it worked okay because I think it brought some comedy in. And since it is like an older movie, you know, it's a, a 90s movie where I feel like tropes were even more common. Mm-hmm. I think it helped bring some comedy into it. Maybe a couple of them were a little bit like cringy now. Yeah. But I don't think it took away too much from the movie. Yeah. What about I you? I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I, I agree with that. And just that, you know, a couple plot holes we called out as far as the actual investigation and all that goes but I think the plot holes would have bothered me more if the ending wasn't so over the top and ridiculous that's fair yeah like I think by the time we got to the end I was like okay whatever I don't care yeah (laughs) yeah so for Reese's character of Vanessa we gave her an eight out of ten I don't know if I would say she develops a lot, but I don't think that matters as much in this movie. Like, she almost develops kind of in the opposite direction of, (laughs) I think, how we would usually be looking at this. Like, she's kind of naive at the beginning. She really just truly wants to go to her grandmother's house to stay out of foster care. But then she keeps getting taken advantage of over and over again. And it does just kind of harden her and she goes into survival mode. Right, right. And at the beginning, you can tell she just, like, wants to be good. Mm -hmm. She wants to have a good life. She, like, doesn't like the life that her mom and her stepdad have. She's trying to better herself, you know, et cetera. But she just gets like caught up in it and like hitting these bad situations. Nobody seems to help her. And when we just kind of see her like unravel throughout the movie for her own survival. Right. She's like, well, if this is the hand I've been dealt, then I guess I'll be bad because it's the right, only way to right. get through all this. Like, are you yeah, kidding like me? She's, she's just like trying to get by with what she knows. Right. Right. And despite being reckless, I feel like that's one of the only ways to describe her. Right. I still thought she was really likable and like you find yourself rooting for her. Oh yeah. Like even though she's doing some terrible things as far as like beating up a guard and a cop to get out of jail and like, you know, getting into fights, whatever. She's just like charming throughout it all. She really is. And I think part of it is that attitude towards everything and being like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I love when she's lecturing Bob with the gun to his head and keeps she keeps rolling her eyes. Like she's so exasperated that she has yeah. to be doing this. You know, she's like, why are yes. you making, why are you putting me in this situation? Are, are right, right. Like, come on. Like, yeah. do I really have to tell you all this? Right. And obviously we have to like note her amazing survival skills, like taking control, getting the gun from the backseat. Like she kicked butt. Yeah. So, I mean, character points for that for sure. Yeah. So for Reese's acting in this, we gave her a 7.5 out of 10. Solid 90s Reese acting score. Totally. She does the Southern accent well, as we talked about in the beginning, realizing, not sure why she has a Southern accent, but like she does it well. Totally. (laughs) And 
and her demeanor is so convincing. I love how well she plays like this tough teen who has like this really tough exterior, but who's hiding that she's actually really fragile. Like somehow she's able to convey both that tough exterior and that at the core, she's like naive, doesn't have any stranger danger. Like she plays that kind of dichotomy really well. Yeah, agreed. I think what Roger Ebert said about her acting as if every scene is real is really accurate. Like Reese Witherspoon is on this whole movie. Like she is a hundred percent into this character and she has a lot of moments throughout. I mean, there's big emotions, big ranges throughout this movie for such a dark movie. I felt like she had such great comedic timing. Like Mm. it really, a lot of the dark comedy rests on her shoulders in this movie. So a lot of one-liners and quips back and it felt very representative of the character, you know, like we just talked about this like Mm -hmm. naive persona kind of masked by all this, you know, grit essentially. Right. But I did not feel like I was watching Reese other than when I was reminding myself that it was her and I was like, oh my God, this is really amazing for this being like one of her earliest movies that she's in this like really challenging emotionally and physically challenging role. Yeah, for sure. I love what you said about like the dark comedies kind of being on her shoulders because I feel like this is probably... I think this is just different from any other comedic role she's been in and that it is that that dark comedy twist and I think she does it really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know that I would have guessed that she would be good at that before we started this season. Yeah. You know, I would have thought her comedy was more of like kind of a typical rom-com comedy flavor, but I actually think she's better at this sort of comedy, I would venture to say. You know, like in a lot of her rom-coms, it's usually her co-stars who are the more comedic ones. That's true. She's usually like the straight yeah. um, character in those. I agree. Yeah. I think she does dark comedy really well. Yeah. I enjoy it. This is not related to her acting, but her eyebrows are so thin in this movie. I am amazed <laughs> at her current eyebrows based on this history. Like the things we put our facial hair through. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, seriously. So true. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. All right, so for Whiskey Teacups, our bonus category this season, we gave her a three out of two. Yes! I love it. So sassy. She is so sassy. It's amazing. Probably her sassiest movie. Yes, this is the the highest rating. We've only given, we only give one three this whole season. I'll spoil it for you now. The rest of the movies, none of them get this high. There's always one. There's always one movie that really takes it over. Literally off the charts. This is the definition of whiskey in a teacup. Her like yes. southern sass saves her life, I would venture to say. You're in so this right. Movie. You're so right. There's one point where she's like, well, I sure wouldn't want to meet your mom, Bob. <laughs> oh, I can't. There's just like so many things that she says to him, like hurling insults, sarcastic comments, like witty remarks throughout the yes. entire movie. It's just like one after the other. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So good. So for Would You Watch Again, we rated this a three out of five. Typically, we go a five if we both say we'd watch again and a one if neither of us would watch it again. I said I actually think I would watch it again, but you you felt differently. So we landed in the middle. I need to watch it again knowing what it's really about because the entire time (laughs) I was watching it, I was like, wow, what is happening (laughs) the entire time? So, I mean, I think it was super entertaining. I recommend to watch it for sure. I'm not like 100% dying to watch it again, yeah. but I think you it's could be definitely, convinced. I could be convinced for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, we had to land in the middle on this one. I feel yeah. like both of us were kind of like, I feel like I was like a maybe yes, and you were like a maybe no. Yeah. So yeah. three out of five. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. So to review, for Freeway, we gave the plot a 7.75 out of 10, Reese's character, Vanessa, an 8 out of 10, Reese's acting a 7.5 out of 10, a whiskey teacup score a 3 out of 2, and a would you watch again score 3 out of 5 for a total score of 29.25 out of 37 points, which means that Freeway is ranked lucky number 13 out of 41 Reese Witherspoon movies. Yes. I love it. We're really filling out the top here. We are. So this came in just after Four Christmases and just before The Man in the Moon. Very different movies. Very different movies. Very <laughs> different movies. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So fun. As always, thanks for listening to the Girl Crush Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on today's movie. You can find us on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod or on TikTok at girlcrushpod. You can also email us at podcastgirlcrush at gmail.com or visit our website at girlcrushpodcast.com. Tune in next time when we'll be talking about Devil's Knot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Bye. Bye. Bye.